In the competitive world of mobile commerce, success is now being driven by push notifications powered by new mobile apps. The idea is to grab consumers' attention and get them to take immediate action. That means not only having e-commerce apps on people's phones, but making them extremely user-friendly. I'm Jane Singer and welcome back to A Seat at the Table. It's a pleasure to have you as part of our global community, which now includes industry leaders like you in 132 countries. Today we're joined by Campbell Payton, co-founder and CEO of StoreLab, which helps e-commerce companies maximize mobile commerce. In this episode, Campbell will be sharing why push notifications are outperforming email and SMS messages, how mobile commerce is changing the game for e-commerce, and guidelines and best practices for optimizing your mobile commerce apps. In order to succeed in e-commerce, you need to have an experienced team who understands how to win in the competitive online market. Finding these people can be almost as challenging as driving traffic to your online store. That's why leading companies rely on AsianNet consultants to help them recruit top e-commerce talent. AsianNet has an extensive network developed over three decades that helps them identify the best people across the region. To learn more about them, visit their website at asianetconsultants.com. I'll also leave a link in the show notes for this episode over on our podcast website at seat.fm. Meanwhile, let's get up to speed on mobile commerce with Campbell. Campbell, thank you so much for joining me here on A Seat at the Table. I think that every business is trying to figure out how to win in the e-commerce space. Part of the challenge is that the sector itself, right, has evolved from simply accessing marketplaces on your desktop, which is already pretty good, um, from now people wanting to be mobile first and trying to think of any possible way, right, that they can grab market share in a very competitive market. I think a lot of people will really be keen to hear your perspective on how things are changing. Sure. Why don't we start with what do you see as what's game changing about mobile commerce, right? I mean, I think that people feel pretty solid with the typical go on your desktop to Amazon or, or one of the similar sites, but there's a lot of conversation around mobile first. What do you see happening there? Sure. So, I mean, just so I guess we weave it back around for you. I used to be a commercial director for one of the largest social media agencies in the UK. I've worked in social media and e-commerce for about 13 years. So my, um, my, Knowledge of the platform has some experience. Well, I've seen over the time why I'm so excited about mobile apps is really comes down to push notifications. So as people are moving mobile first, lots of people are thinking, you know, how can I optimize my website to be in the best way for mobile? But they're not necessarily thinking about how do I try drive traffic through to my online stores or to my e-commerce websites with a mobile first attitude. Um, got, you know, there was the Facebook world of um, Instagram world of ads. There's the Google world of ads where you're paying a large conglomerate, huge amounts of cost per click revenue or cost per impression. And where you have with push notifications is that, you know, they're free to send. They have a higher open rate than everything else. So while yes, there is definitely a move mobile. I mean, it's been happening for the last sort of five years. The next sort of stage, I think, from the mobile optimization space is not just thinking about how can I get something to look and feel the best on mobiles. How can I reach my customers while they're using their mobiles too, in a way that is you know, digestible to them and actionable? Direct response marketing is obviously picked up quite a bit. And you know, uh, that is where most, I guess, e-commerce owners see their revenue coming from. 
push notifications are the logical next step there. And that's why, that's why I left the world of social and got into app commerce is mainly around the push notifications. I think that's really interesting. And I think that, yeah, there's a lot to unpack around push notifications. From your point of view, what you've been seeing, I mean, there's a lot of marketers who are touting the benefits of push notifications. And yet consumers are increasingly complaining of getting way too much messages, whether it be email or notifications or, or anything else. Based on your experience, how do marketers balance that out, right? How do they find that sweet spot that lets them capitalize on, like you say, that interactivity of push notifications without alienating that consumer? Of course. Yeah. You're, as soon as someone opts out of receiving your notifications, you lost that channel of reaching them. It's the same as if someone exits your email campaigns. You know, it sort of needs to be viewed in, in a similar way. Um, what we would advise is, you know, less is more. Start small and build up. Find what your audience are interested in, in, in receiving and scale things back if you start to see sort of the mass exoduses of your, you know, push notification subscriber list. We tend to advise companies that they need to send at the beginning no more than two push notifications a week. But we also, and then build, build from there. But are the company that makes the most amounts of money through push notifications in our in our world sends four push notifications a day, wow. which to me is far too many. But she's found a sweet spot for her audience, and that's what they engage with. And she doesn't have people leaving. I mean, she does have some. You're going to at that level, but she also gets the the, the largest response. But the other thing I'd say about push notifications is, in, in as much as they are owned marketing channel like email. One thing that you get from them is event-based push notifications. So you setting up push notifications when you're restocking products, push notifications when uh, someone interacts with a store, but the most valuable of all of them is an abandoned cart push notification. That one message has the highest converting marketing, sorry, the highest conversion rate out of any marketing communication on the planet currently. They convert 15 times higher than abandoned cart emails, convert nine times higher than abandoned cart text, they convert higher than retargeting ads on Facebook and Google, and they're free. So while you do need to be controlled in your own marketing strategy with those notifications, by just turning on the event-based ones and starting from starting from there, you will see returns coming through from that channel. And in, from what we've seen, higher returns than you expect from your email campaigns. Our current ROI that we see for customers over about a year period using our, our push notification service is 26x. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and it, and it only goes up from there. So the, we do a bit of social media on the side. And I know from my old days in, in, in working for a social media agency, we're telling customers at the moment, you can expect a three, six times return for every pound invested with push notifications because you're not paying for each you know, message to go out. The sky is the limit. And it's sort of, you know, it, it, it tends to snowball as you get more users. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So in other words, if someone doesn't complete the checkout with a cart, assuming that the app has their phone number, it will send them a reminder that said, hey, what about what's in your cart? And you're finding that you're getting that kind of a big sort of a people going back and actually completing the purchase. Yeah, I mean, so just just to clarify, when your app is on their smartphone, you don't need a phone number. So regardless right. if they have a or not, uh, they pass keep their message. And right. They, they, I, I could talk all day about the, the stats for push notifications, but one that is 
they, they, one of the things makes it more reasonable for people to understand is that they have the highest open rates. And that would make sense to you. Because if you look at your push notification screen, say I unlock my phone, I drag, uh, depending on what probably you're on, I open the tray that's going to show my notifications. You have WhatsApp messages, emails, mm. text messages, and phone calls in there. So in your you know, uh, phone usage experience, the things that are most important to you come in there, whether it's messages from a loved one or friends and family, on that same level, in the same displayed part is then a push notification for, from a brand. And usually, unless you're happy to just have your notification tray completely cluttered, which some people are, but most people aren't, when you buy into a brand, you are interested in seeing that notification. Okay, you may not in- interact with it on, a, on a, you know, a daily basis, but we, the way that we view out commerce is that it takes someone that's really going to buy two or three things a year and it converts that into six or seven transactions. So your loyal customer base is going to buy more and they're going to be incentivized to listen to you more or open your app more and look at your products more through the aspects of push notifications. There are other things that apps do too, but this is you know something that I think is worth for every e-commerce company should be thinking about what is my push notification strategy and how am I going to utilize it. There are other, yeah, like I said, there are other, other great things about apps, but that is one of the reasons that I left social and the one I usually lead with. Right, right. Well, I think that's really interesting that you brought that up because it's not necessarily intuitive to somebody who's not working with it as at such a granular level as yourself. You know, we tend to think of either email or text messages, but we don't really think about if you download that brand's app onto your phone, what those capabilities are. Now, how do you incentivize consumers to download the app? Because people have a lot of apps on their phone. I mean, people might typically have Amazon on their phone, right? The more general marketplaces, because they can get a lot of things, as well as all the other apps that are not commerce apps. How does a brand, you know, based on your experience, what can they do to incentivize that consumer to download their app? Great, great question. And one I love answering because it is is a lot easier than people expect. Okay. Um, when you're uh, launching out for, for the first time, you think, you know, I'm going to have to, if I'm spending money on direct advertising, I'm going to have to divert some of that capital into just promoting the app. And if people are like my brand, then maybe they will download it, but the majority of people won't. That is not true in the world of app downloading. It may be for things like games and information-based apps, but e-commerce apps have a much easier time of things. So the first thing that you need to do, and where we see between 85 and 90% of our traffic that's driven to our apps, comes from a mobile app banner. So what a mobile app banner is, is if someone is browsing the mobile version of your e-commerce website, they will see a banner at the top of the screen that pops down and it will usually have some form of incentive. So the incentive that we tend to work with are things like 10% off your first order, free shipping on your first purchase. If you are, if your margins are really tight and you can't do things like discounts, we have other companies that do loyalty-based points for downloading the app and they use those things instead. But the beauty of that is that it doesn't interrupt a purchase journey. So I've seen your brand on Instagram. I've clicked on it and I've gone onto the mobile version of your website. I see the app banner, but I'm not really interested in downloading the app. I still complete my purchase through that, that process. If you make your incentive strong enough, 
then people will download the app. They will make purchases from the through the app, and then they will stay. And it is uh, a much cheaper and much more effective method than doing massive campaigns to promote your app through social or Google. I mean, we do encourage people to do to add a a banner to the bottom of their email campaigns that say, "Hey, look, we've launched that." We do encourage people to do organic social posting about it too, but the vast majority of com- of people that we see come through that app banner, and it's a passive app downloading strategy. It doesn't require a huge amount of effort. Okay, yes, you do need to think about your incentive carefully, and you do need to update your incentive regularly. But yeah, that is that is essentially the, the way that we get people to download our our apps, and the way that we we've seen it be successful. Wow, that's really interesting, and I think that. I wouldn't have thought it would be that seamless a process. Do you know what I mean? I would have thought that it would have taken a little more doing to get people to be willing to download an app. But I think it's interesting, you know, the experience that you've had with other clients and how readily the consumer is willing to take that app. Now, you talk about the need to streamline that, that you know, user experience, right, with yeah. apps, right, the user interface or the user experience. What do you see as some of the glitchy places that could be smoothed out, that could make it just that little bit, you know, reduce some of the friction? So from a user experience perspective, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, at real estate is obviously so much smaller than, than your website. Your phone screen is, is a much smaller play space. So when it does come to apps, you know, less is more, less really is right. more. We tend to say to people, you know, you don't want to have more than three elements. And by element, I mean a picture or a block of text or some form of, of, of products on your screen. You don't really want to have more than three of those at the same time because a simpler experience is a better experience when it comes to apps. The other thing to think about them is that they are faster. So as a general fact, it's almost like that I'm sure you're aware of and, and most people are, is that faster websites convert higher. Mm. Apps tend to be three times faster than mobile web because of image caching. So right. once you load an image, it sticks around and it doesn't have to be reloaded. So you have a faster browsing experience. That also comes down to then having, le- having less on your, on your feeds or on, on your app feeds or home pages or screens because people are going to browse them at a faster rate. So you don't want to overload people with the number of elements or the number of things that are on, on, on the website. It really is less is more. Yeah, at our company, at StoreLab, we make an app builder, so you don't need to know anything about mobile apps. Build your own, and we have locked our, our we haven't locked it, but we, we we provide you elements to build the your app with, um, but we restrict them in a way so it never looks cluttered. So if you do come look at us, you won't see you won't you have very little chance of having a cluttered app, and it's the same with most other of the you know, the app builders out there. They limit these things so that you, you don't have a cluster space. It's sort of similar to how Shopify, you know, was the logical next step when it came to e-commerce web development. You, you'd be surprised at some of the terrible websites on Shopify that are out there, but there are less than there used to be. Um, with, with themes and things, it does make it easier to make an online store look pretty. With apps, it's probably a, a third as difficult, if not less, because of the smaller space. I think that's really important because it's such a tough discipline to winnow things down to get to that less is more. I think a lot of people understand that conceptually, but the application of it is really difficult, particularly when it's your own product 
and you want to, people feel compelled. And I know I'm guilty of this too. You want to just cram everything in there, everything that you possibly do. And even knowing better, it's still hard to pull that off. So I think it's really great that you have those guardrails on that app builder so that you can help customers with that. Yeah, now look- Sorry, conversion no, optimization is one of the ma major parts of uh, e-commerce that people miss. It is the science around making someone convert and buy things. And it is, it is a science. It's not an art. And you know, that's part of the reason that we set up StoreLab was because we want to help people regardless of the quality of your website. We want to provide people a better conversion journey. And we see those results. Some of our customers, I mean, the majority of our customers sit around the some two... You know, as 1.5 to 2% on their online stores conversion rate, our average conversion rate for our apps is about 5%. 5 so wow. it's almost doubling through their, through their website. One of our, I'll you know, just tell you about very briefly, they're based down in the States. They, they were a very impressive lady, sells about a million, million dollars worth of stock from her bedroom in New York, which is great. But she, you know, in her first month of working with us, we were responsible, but she never used an app before. All the stuff had been done through her website. She really built her brand on Instagram. And within the first month of working, we were responsible for 4.5 of her web sessions. So not very high, but 51% of her revenue. And that's just through the faster browsing experience, better conversion rates, using the band cart, push notifications, and even essentially a higher order, average order value, a double the average order value that exists on the website too. Wow, that's really impressive. Now, looking ahead, as you look at mobile apps, what do you see as what's under development or what might we see coming? In other words, it might not be here now, but are there things that the direction that you feel things are going in or things that we should be looking at that's evolving? Sure. And so one of those, one thing that I guess has been maybe a, a little bit lackluster at the moment, but I still hold up hope that it's going to develop in into something more is Google Instant Apps and Apple App Clips. Okay. Um, so you're not aware of those. This is an initiative from both Google and Apple to try and get apps to be used more. So the way to think about it is app streaming rather than app downloading. So say, for example, that I'm on Google Chrome on, or I'm on Google, sorry, on, on, on my phone and I was to Google Nike, for example. Um, and I scroll down the Google search and the results page, the first result I would see would be an app clip to open a streamed version of Nike's app. So I open it and it would open a clip of that app um, where I can browse and use it. It would put the icon of that app onto the home page and it would allow me to, use, to see quick notifications from that brand for 24 hours. Now, both Apple and Android have done this. They released this uh, a couple of years ago. It's had not the biggest take up by people and brands, but for me, it is a sign of the direction that Google and Apple are trying to push people in. They want to take you away from the browser experience and they want to move you to a, a more solidified app experience because they're designed better. The other thing that you get really with, with an app is you, you get to utilize all parts of the operating systems that exist on Google and Android that you maybe not don't get through using Chrome on an iPhone. Things that the you know, that block out. Whereas with apps, that experience is better. The Apple Pay and Google Pay on an app experience is significantly better than using it on a browsing experience. 
and there are other other things too as well that that mean that the companies themselves want you to be using apps rather than in the browsers. But yeah, so app clips and instant apps, that's something that's, that's definitely coming or definitely going to come into fruition over the next few years as more small brands sort of take it up. And I would expect to see more things from each of the businesses in terms of Google and Apple to try and drive people away from using the browsers. Wow, that's really interesting. I mean, I actually hadn't heard of that before. So thanks for bringing that up. I'm sure many of the other people who are listening to this program might not have heard of it. Some of our listeners are probably way ahead of me in this space. So you maybe know it's coming, but I think that so many people hadn't really imagined that that was the direction that apps were going and that, you know, browser experience would evolve in that way. So I, I, th I think that's really something we all want to be on the lookout for. Now, you, you've shared so many interesting things, Campbell, and I think there's probably people who have e-commerce businesses or are thinking about it who'd love to be able to ask you more specifically about what you're doing and how it might relate to what they're trying to achieve. How can people find you? How can people connect with you? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. So just Perfect. Campbell Hayton, you can find me there. You can also find us find me on our website. I still answer most of the, the chat messages that come through. So it will be me or one of our customer support people that if you would like to talk there as well. If I can plug something as well, I do have a book coming out called The App Commerce Revolution, which is all about how to essentially build and launch an app in a successful app in less than 30 days, which is coming out early next year in sort of in January. But yeah, uh, through the website or through LinkedIn, it's, it's the best way to reach me. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes for this episode. You can find that over on our website at seat.fm, and you'll be able to connect with Campbell and ask him what you need to know. Like he said, he's happy to talk to you. And Campbell, I just want to thank you for joining us here. It's really been a pleasure. Very happy to be here.